Um, welcome, everybody, to another amazing interview. Today, we are with the amazing Jasmine Hanna, all the way from Portugal. And we are going to be talking about radical self-love. Welcome. Mm. Mm, thank you for inviting me. Well, actually, I invited myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Feeling really I'm happy. Glad. It, yeah. it was synchronized perfectly because just last week we were talking about um, sacred monogamy. And in one of the questions I said, well, this, the, the basic of any, any relationship is self-love. And then it just mm -hmm. kind of happened and it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect, and here we are. So I'm um, here. We to be are. Here. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about love, um, self love. Mm -hmm. so this topic, self love, self care, it's been spreading quite widely in society. Mm -hmm. Becoming popular sellouts in books, magazines, podcasts, everywhere is about self help. This self help that, you know, mm. applications, talk shows. It's, it's a big subject right now. What do you think has caused this big shift in the last mm. years? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was like just looking at that or thinking about that question, it just brings me to we're living in a time right now where we have that luxury of some time and we can, um, you know, if I look at my parents with their parents with their parents was so much based around survival i mean you know 50 years ago 100 years ago 200 it wasn't really a time where people were um in essence had the time to thrive and enjoy in sensual pleasures there was a lot of surviving happening and um i think now we have just due to the support of different lifestyles technology machines taking more time of doing things that people used to do there's just mm -hmm. more spaciousness mm -hmm. of okay so what am i doing for myself and um yeah and I think also a big boom that happened kind of like around 10 years ago with spirituality, especially yoga meditation that kind of led the mirror or the awareness to go in and to see how am I doing, how am I feeling? Um, and just a, a realization that the way things are in life, stress, especially a lot of people looking to get out of a stress kind of filled lifestyle, which again, 50 years ago, and a bit before that, not for everyone, but you know, it was like, work is stressful, you work hard, you know, right. only a few elite could really say, oh, yes, I can sit in the garden and enjoy a cup of tea right. and the roses, you know, <laughs> like, or write or, you know, do art. Um, but most people were taking care of, uh, of getting things done. And there's that level of stress. But right now, stress is the indicator of so much dis-ease. So how do I get out of that dis-ease and create more ease, which in essence comes back to how am I treating myself and what am I doing with my life and how am I, um, yeah, what's my lifestyle like? So, and lifestyle is another huge thing, you know, what's your lifestyle right. like? Right, right. <laughs> Become trendy, you know, right. so yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. So give us a little introduction self-care self-love radical self-love and if there's a difference between them um mm. tell tell the viewers a little bit about what actually we're talking about today mm. so we're focusing on love um self-care i feel is a 
pro like a byproduct of self-love. Self-care for me, maybe others have a different viewpoint, but for me, self-care is something that you do. Um, it's an action. You're caring for yourself. So whether it's, you know, lotioning your skin or oiling your skin after a shower or, you know, taking time off to listen to music or even to write a piece of a poem or whatever, so a sense of self-care, you're doing something to care for yourself. Um, but it's either to lead back to a sense of self-love or self-love is that, you know, like kind of the motion that leads to self-care. Self-love um, and radical self-love, I feel are more states of being. And the more you're in a state of being love, being in love, then you're, yeah, you're in self-love. The word radical is a big word. I mean, radical self-love can also, when I think of it, can lead to two things. It could be radical self-love being taking a lot of time, quite selfish and obnoxious about your yourself. But no, I'm, I'm, I feel like radical self-love is especially in those times and situations where it's so easy to fall into a pattern of either clenching, going into reaction, going into a reaction of anger, going into reaction of whatever it is mm. that causes a sense of dis-ease and disharmony within. That's when radical self-love is, uh, is, um, is called for. And um, it's that moment where you have a choice. You can be in love or you can be in hate or you can be in something else that's not right. love. It's basically right. leaving love, right? And then to call oneself out in that moment before it really tips over and say, okay, I'm going to stay in love. So that's what it means to me. Um, everyone else might have a different viewpoint or sense of that. Um, yeah, self-love, I feel, is a really important key to intimacy, to sexual well-being, to sense of joy in life. Um, but it's not only, a, it's not, you don't just, uh, you don't, it's not just about doing something for that. It's almost like none doing everything for that. <laughs> right. It's not right. another thing to put on the to-do list right. and to create even some stress inside. Oh, fuck, I've got to love. Oh, I've got to self-love right now. I've got to, no, it's more like the, <sighs> okay. I'm mm. in a state of being love, which is very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, I understand what you're saying, but I think for many people, I think we don't even know what that means to be love. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what does that mean to be love? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be love or to be in love, in love. Um, it's, I feel it's a state of, it's a vibration. It's a, it's a state of being where the body's relaxed, mm. the mind's relaxed enough and Mm, there's a sense of seeing things as they are. So rather than going into, you know, the mind chatter, which can also lead to self-criticism and judgment, which is how the mind reacts most of the time. It's receiving information and it's creating some kind of reaction to that judgment. I like it. I don't like it. Whereas I feel to more and more come into a state of being love is where that Judgment and criticism isn't that it's not there. It's just not the, it's not the um, dominant kind of vibration. It's not the voice that's heard the most. It's not that which has kind of taken over and is in control of one's state of being, one's feelings, you know? So 
for example, if I you know, feel or hear criticism coming from inside, which is natural, it comes from being a child and hearing a lot of you know, judgment coming from others, all that conditioning, it's somewhat as we grow older still stays there. And sometimes if it's not even aware, it's running the whole show in the background. Whereas with meditation and awareness practices or self-love practices and self-care, it starts to come up to the surface. It's like, oh, that again, it's telling me I'm not enough or it's telling me, you know, you suck or that is, or, or to stay away from that person or, to, you know, all the kind of, um, yeah, things that create separation and a vibration of just being separate and unhappy or not, not feeling, you know, feeling oneself. Right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. So, so I'm sure there's many levels of that, right? Yeah, yeah. How, I mean, how, 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 what is this range and how, why is it so important where I am on this range of self-love? Why is it important for me to invest my time in caring for myself and loving myself? Hmm. Yeah, I hear you. And I don't know, like when you say a range and investing time, again, I feel those all concepts that somewhat the essence of it is lost. It's like, it's uh you know, to just become aware, I'd say that to be aware, that's all it takes. And um, the range, of course, can be like from really inner, like conflict that's constant, that's just creating a lot of um, discomfort with oneself, but especially in relating with others intimately or just, you know, being able to communicate with others right. openly and authentically. Right. That to that point, to being really, really subtle where you're, in joy in happiness or even not sometimes not being in joy and happiness but accepting that um connecting with others intimately but there's a subtle still a subtle something that somewhat drags down and um protects the heart from its you know opening and expansion and really starting to feel more oneness with life around so so does that make sense? Like so, a, um, a place of constant expansion is that the the aim? No, be in mm. this place of openness. Mm. Mm. I feel there's a, it's. I feel like I wish I could say yeah, that's the aim, but I don't feel it is because I feel it's about being coming back to being as natural and as comfortable with one's naturalness. Right. So if the heart's opening and closing the state of being comfortable and, you know, with, with the contraction and the expansion, definitely not pushing mm. the heart to open if it doesn't want to open, to be comfortable with its, yeah. Kind of self-acceptance. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that self-acceptance and self-love and forgiveness are very much kind of in the same trinity, very important parts of each other. So how, how would you say these are key elements to the influence, direct influence to every single relationship we have in our lives, you know, from parents to lovers, business associates, friendships? Mm. How, how is this radical self-love really influencing the world around me and how I interact with pretty much everyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So again, I feel like the state of what we are inside our, 
our inner kind of home, our inner family, whatever's happening in here will reflect outside. And situations may happen outside. It's like, oh, but I was feeling good inside. Why did that happen? But there's, a, there's an opportunity <laughs> to how are you going to react to that situation? And I feel it's all life is like constant stream of, you know, influences that come in. And then how do we respond to that? Um, and I love that word responsible is response able you're able to respond so again coming back to that place of love is coming back to that self-acceptance i'm 100 i'm fully responsible for this situation and how is it making me feel inside can i come back to feeling home within myself to coming you know back to myself so life is just presenting ample opportunities especially through situations with beings to reflect what's going on inside and it's a uh, yeah habitual growing up i mean i know for myself i was reactive i was constantly reacting to things outside and then um not able to take responsibility so constantly being threatened by people mm. so afraid of love definitely afraid of opening my heart which felt so unsafe to do so because so, you know, those certain others may relate to that sense of, oh, is it, is it okay for me to open my heart? I don't trust everything in life. I don't trust people right. like that, you know? Um, and slowly, slowly to build that inner warm kind of home inside and to see, okay, so who are those people outside? Ah, oh, but they exist within me. And again, that's what I mean, self-awareness, to be aware of what are the voices? What are the, what are the, yeah, what am I listening to inside? And what am I responding to inside myself? And to start to dissolve and create the shifts within. And I think this is foundational for any relationship outside, whether it's with parents or beloveds or sexual partners, or children. Yeah, so. Mm. So if we look specifically about our intimate relationships, mm. there is so much... Um, everything mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of you know blaming and a lot of putting stories I mean what what is the line do you think between a situation that is happening on the outside to having it come back to us and be like okay actually it's something inside me or it's coming to show me something about myself mm -hmm. yeah I think if it's always going back inside and the focus is, it can also lead to a sense oh of obsession God. with like, oh my God, but you know, so again, <laughs> relax. <laughs> relax, you know. And sometimes it's okay to hold someone accountable for something rather than always, you know, I've done that. I did that when I started my process of uh, self-reflection, that anything, I was like, what's going on inside of me? And it also led to this point of like, again dragging me down to oh my god that's in me and like oh that's in me and that's oh my god and it's like in the end it's like, okay so that's when i say coming back to that radical self-love is to be like okay enough <laughs> like i'm just gonna take a breath now and just be comfortable with myself the way i am not try to change myself all the time you know can i be comfortable with the way i am and can i actually be comfortable with the way the person is right now um but yeah, in, in, in especially in intimate relationships with beloveds, 
a lot of mother father stuff comes up a lot of um a lot of that starts to come out in them it's the perfect place to work through um old kind of mother father issues and and i think that's beautiful if if both are aware that they're moving through that and they're taking time together to say oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm recognizing this as a pattern or to have that communication not to pretend that it's not happening right um, so to be open with each other to have that level of communication of the heart and to also be vulnerable with each other to to allow the tears to flow, to make space for that to happen, for those things to come up, especially where there's love, things arise up. That's something that I've noticed more of a time. The more loved you are, the more you're held, the more you're um, juiced up, the more everything else that's under the surface comes up, you know, to be seen, to be felt. Mm -hmm. So to um, also acknowledge and expect that to happen. Um, so in beautiful love relationships, often the first you know month or two, it's like ah, oh, and then it's like because there's so much love, that's why everything's coming up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. What What would you give, like maybe some advice to couples um, in relationships on maybe a few tools on how to actually go inside instead of going outside or you know trying trying to find this common communication where mm. um we're bringing this subject of self-love and let's let's see what you're going through right now and bringing that to the light instead of dealing with you know the spilt milk that people argue about yeah yeah definitely i feel um so there's two things if if there's a sense of you know like a lot of emotion or energy in motion building like there's a sense of oh i want to attack that person <laughs> i want to yell i want to scream i want to tear them apart like there's that if that's coming up to recognize okay it's actually not about that person something from my past is coming up and i'm now putting it on that person so to take the space so I think it's really healthy to just say, I need to take a bit of space to move through this and come back and to see if you can actually say that <laughs> without like, you know, just say, okay, I need, I need to take my space. I just need a few moments. I'm just going to take care of myself. And then, and then to, you know, for those who've done ISTA, for those who haven't, there's amazing tools in ISTA and the International School of Templar where you move that emotion. If you're screaming in a pillow, crying, you know, moving the energy so that it doesn't say stuck. Because right. I think it's easy to go into, I mean, drama, a kind of loop of just, it doesn't get anywhere. It's just a lot of talking, but the emotion, the feelings behind it haven't had space to move. Right. So it gets very locked up here. Right. Um, so to let that move and then to see how you feel after. And usually there's like oh, some sense of release. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's good to just take a bit of space, you know, take a walk, take a few breaths, go sit with it, journal with it, dance with it, do whatever, but just to come to that place of bringing it back here and feeling what is this really about? And very often the child will come up, something that happened. Yeah. And that requires like a space to be that, that so you want to feel like you can hold yourself and give yourself that space to feel what is this and usually 
underneath that is a lot of vulnerability and often some tears or some vulnerable sharing that wants to come up. So, and that's a beautiful place then to re come, to come back with a partner and then share from that. Right. Um, you know, um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe sometimes it's just too much heat and passion. It's like, okay, if you are yelling at each other, <laughs> at least come back and acknowledge that and be like, okay, I've let this off. I love you. Can we sit together? <laughs> you know, like it's not always, you know, to take that moment. Maybe you can't, maybe there's too much heat. Yeah, yeah. Acknowledge it. And often under that heat of fighting, there's just a lot of desire and there's a lot of sense of, you know, intimacy, a different type of intimacy, you know, it's like fuck or fight, <laughs> but to like, let it move, you know? but then bring it back to the heart, you know, yeah. just take a moment to sit. I feel like eye gazing is really beautiful at that moment because oh, cool. then very powerful, um, just holding each other's hands, taking some breaths. And, and allowing the body to shake a bit, to tremble, allow the trembling to happen. And then underneath that, there's just an, a new opening, another opening, another depth of intimacy. Right. So I think these things are not to be avoided, definitely not to be shamed as, you know, unspiritual. They're beautiful. We're humans. We have emotions. We have feelings. We have passion. We have desire. We have rage, you know. Um, but it is good to see what works for you because every couple will have a different way of how they like to work with things um, right. but to see this is what makes me contract this is what takes me away completely and if you are wanting to stay in this loving relationship you just you know if you feel like you're leaving how can you call yourself back and maybe there's something that you can communicate with your partner this is what brings me back in that situation yeah held maybe it's to be left alone just to recognize and become aware of what you need what your patterns are and share those yeah wow a lot of information a lot of tips um, mm. how do i know if i'm in my self-love or if i'm in the idea or the ideal <laughs> um of self-love you know, mm. how do I know if it's authentic or I'm just mm. telling myself a story? Yeah, I'd say oh, when it comes to feeling it, it's often the if you breathe into your belly, you'll feel that your belly's vibrating and your heart's vibrating. So the energy is moving all the way down. And so if you're feeling self-love or even feeling love towards another, there tends to be a warmth and a roundness in the belly. And so the breath is coming from the belly, you're feeling your feet on the ground. There's a sense of, you know, like, hmm, like, um, and it's often a warmth, like a kind of even a sensual connection to one's body. I mean, sensuality, how I feel, if I'm feeling sensual, it's often an indicator I'm feeling myself. Like even if I'm moving rage, grief, I find it very sensual because mm. my body from my root, from my yoni, from my womb, it's all kind of moving through, streaming through my body. And um, to know that you're not a, the ideal of love, you know, I mean, I, sometimes it's like the affirmation of I am love. I am beautiful. I am, I am, <laughs> I am love. I am love. I am love. And <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe it works. <laughs> 
but then something happens a few minutes later and it's like you know whereas love will relax the body to a certain extent because the body the heart and the belly are warm and open and kind of connected together so if something happens it's like able to breathe down into it also with relationships with couples how am i how do i know that I'm in love with that person or in the ideal of love with that person. It's a vibration. Is it moving through your whole body? Are you able to relax, feel warm and centered in that? And the ideal of love is often the, you know, someone not seeing it as it is. So you're kind of like in this illusion of a story you've built around the person, around the relationship, but the womb the, the yoni, even like for a man, it would be his hara, his womb area too, isn't warm and soft and vibrating. And you feel yeah. like, ooh, I'm home here. I can, yeah. you know, it's like the, the sweetness that's streaming through. Although there might be moments where, you know, there's like, you know, it's not flowing. That's okay. But it's like how you come back to that feeling of, hmm, you know, oh, like I'm home here. I'm in love. I'm love. It's a vibrational state of being. Um, that's the best way I can explain it. It's it's not a concept. What is it not? It's a what what is it not? Maybe that would be easier to to okay. in a in a physical in a you know like a an easier way to understand this feeling. What mm. what is it not? It's it like romanticism. It isn't uh, what yeah. What? I think it's like being in the illusion of something but it isn't really that in reality. And somewhat you're the only person who can't see that. You're like, no, it's this. You know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, you know, I was like, I had years where I was like, romance, oh my God, no, it's about, you know, beloved. It's about, you know, romance is things for fairy tales. And, and I kind of also cut myself off from something that was an inherent part of my nature, which is my maiden, my kind of, you know, my inner 16 year old that I hope is always there. And she has a sense of romance and sees things romantically, sees life romantically. Um, so it's beautiful, I feel, to have an element of romance. Poems are born from uh, romance, you know, that sense yeah. of romance with life um, and with love itself, to be in love with love itself. Yeah. Um, but to over kind of like, ah, oh, this person and we're going to have this house and then five babies. <laughs> like, I don't think, or maybe it's not that. Maybe Sorry. it's the romance of, oh, this person is amazing. I feel so, but actually there's such a such a wanting of that there's such a longing for that but the longing itself is dismissed so there's something in the mind that's created a situation coming from that longing that's not really felt so the longing is then you're not the, the longing is a way i feel of really coming back to belonging when you're able to tune in and tap into oh what's this deep longing so when that's somewhat disconnected as a vibrational state, it's like, oh, there's this desire and need and want. Um, but again, it's disconnected from the lower parts of the body. So um, it can be a relationship that often becomes quite dramatic, feeling desperately unmet, right. really wanting something to happen again and again, telling yourself it's happening, but you know on some level it's not because what's your state of being? you're unhappy, you're not fulfilled, you're not warm, right. you're not, you know, oozing juiciness. And, right. and, and, and not to say you're always gonna, you know, it's like, I also want to be realistic. It's not, I don't always 
you know, ooze juiciness in my life. I have moments where I need to, ref, you know, come back and feel like, ooh, mm -mm, something, I'm not feeling met. What am I really longing for right now? And to keep coming back to that. Yeah. But overall, there's a sense of well-being, you know, especially with someone and sexually, especially there. If you're not happy, if you're not feeling deeply met on a heart level and the soul has, a, you know, you can just see it through the eyes of the person. I'm loved. I'm happy. I'm held. You know, the human body, the soul, especially through lovemaking, wants to have a place where it feels truly seen. And in that scene, it's like, some part emerges that wouldn't emerge in everyday life. And then right. you're like, ah, oh, this is it's what that is for, such a beautiful, sacred space and pleasurable space yeah. to really meet someone. And in that, I feel it's a homecoming to oneself because the more you're able to vibrate the heart open to another, actually your heart is vibrating open. So you're coming home to yourself too. You know, you're like, oh my God, I'm feeling oh, love. Yeah. 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 But why, why is it so hard to stay there? Why, why do we keep coming out of love and back in love and out and back? Mm. <clears throat> from what I've come to, for myself, my own experience, it has come back to um, the self-worth of the soul, like the soul feeling worthy of that. And somewhat that feeling of, I'm not worthy of love. Um, such a it's like a core kind of ooh, like I don't want to say wound but it's like that pain somewhere inside like I'm not worthy of this so when it's had or it's felt and it's like oh I don't deserve this so I'm not good enough for this whatever the you know those basic narratives I'm not good enough I'm not worthy I'm, um, this is yeah I don't deserve this whatever they are um, so self-love and self-caring starts to nourish that sense of self-worth and that worthiness of of love and i feel for me it's the root the deep root of it all is deep worthiness and it's not just the self-worth of i'm worthy i'm worthy <laughs> i'm worth this but more like it's almost it's coming from a different place like the soul feeling worthy of love to feeling worthy of receiving grace receiving you know the grace of divine love of divine love of life itself so it's able to receive that so yeah being able to receive so yeah coming to that there's a receptivity that comes with the practice of loving and i know that's what i'm more and more aware of is like receiving am i receiving abundance you know life is like god life is bursting with abundance like you know every fruit tree has thousands of fruits it's there it's all there can you receive it can you bite into it can you mm, feel the pleasure and feel worthy to do that um or is there still a sense of you know a little bit of shame of receiving which would be like oh can i take this can i receive it can i really have this you know so that's some core cool things to feel into and to look at um yeah and i feel that worthiness that worthiness is, has to be nourished it's not enough to just affirm it to think about it to know it but to nourish it yeah. Right. Yeah. so it sounds like also there's like um maybe 
people are afraid to receive it for mm-hmm. things that they have been through or you know past traumas or you know their their shadows if we talk a little bit about shadows how mm-hmm. how can we recognize what they are what and how how we can work with them to to be able to receive more and to be mm-hmm. in love more mm-hmm beautiful yeah that brings us to shadows yeah shadows somewhat lurk around they're there they're felt they lurk but the minute you're like ah it's like goes you know and so it's easier to see them in others than in yourself than in oneself and often they're the things that you are judging and not liking about others easiest way to tap into what's my shadow what are you looking at and aware of another that you're like putting down, basically criticizing, judging, right. uh, you know, and so give us an example. Oh, for example, ah, uh, look at him flaunting himself like that with, you know, whatever, look at her flaunting, bringing herself out like that, to, you know, like, for example, that and then it'd be like but my shadow is oh I don't feel I don't feel like I I can I can show myself I can speak up I can reveal who I am mm-hmm. um, one example and I think it's more and more happening now that we're moving on to like you know social media and all that it's like oh look at that look at that look at that. very easy way to see oh what am I what am I not aware of in myself um, if you're judging the way you know someone spends their, their their money or their lifestyle it's like well am i gifting myself things in my life am i allowing myself to have the things i really want um you know judging someone for being shy and quiet and they never speak up so are you what what is it that you have to say that you're not saying mm. you know there's so many ways of like <laughs> it's like happening all the time in life it's like yeah so um to the tiniest things, just to be aware of what am I criticizing? You know, it's like when the eyes come out a little bit more, you're like, ah, yeah. that, that thing. <laughs> okay, so great, great. And usually in that moment, you're creating a separation and a disconnection from the person, from the situation, which in essence creates, when there's separation, you're kind of coming out of love. So how can I come back into love? Ah, what is it in myself? Acknowledging it in oneself. And usually what happens then, you want to go up to that person for example, that person who's flaunting themselves so shamelessly and you know, exposing themselves, you go up to them and say, I appreciate and I respect the way you bring yourself forward. That tends mm. to be the next step because mm. you're acknowledging it in yourself. So all you have is like this appreciation. And every, for me, it's like, then I want to go up and say thank you <laughs> because yeah. thank you to that. But thank you for revealing what it is that I'm needing in this moment or what I feel like I'm lacking or whatever it is, mm. you know. So that's one way of, uh, of starting to work with, with shadows. And um, I mean, I'm on my own shadow descent journey at the moment. I'm covering some very deep parts of my you know, core beginning in life, which was hell and demons and you know, the, the fire and evil and good. And I'm like, oh, it's still like, it's a constant journey. It's like, the, I feel like the elevator never really stops when it goes, <laughs> this is like constant, yeah. but to give space when the time happens for you to go into really untapping some of the deeper shadows which are creating certain patterns in your life, that opportunity will come. You know, I used to go shadow digging and hunting and I was at some point, it's like enough, you know, water yourself, nourish yourself, Mm -hmm. take care for what's growing from these dark soils, you know, go up 
and then life will present opportunities to go there and then when they come then it's important that it's it's important to do that descent work and uh, otherwise it's going to get louder and louder and louder so to start to work with okay what is revealing itself to me in my shadow realm which is basically the unconscious mm. i call it the journey into the underworld others call it the journey into the underworld i was just going to say if this is what you refer to as the underworld yes yes that's what i refer to as the underworld i had my first aware moment of going into the underworld when i was um 17 18 where i was like just feeling like i wanted to end my life and then i read the story of inanna and her journey into the underworld and, and then i got you know like who are these <laughs> who's inanna or oh, who's persephone and then i started to get really interested as a young girl with these these myths and that was so helpful for me as a 17 18 year old girl to make sense of what was happening to me because it was such a huge sudden thing like i don't want to be alive anymore i'm not happy um and i couldn't be in the outside world i couldn't relate with others and so when i read that i was like ah oh, this is a journey into the underworld and that's when it first started and then i could actually go there and start to meet the parts of my the parts of me that are usually hidden in the outer world but are deep inside and um yes yeah, usually where a lot of the yeah the inner where the richness of our depth is but also a lot of the roots of our own suffering and sorrow mm. and also our power so power right. our depth our our richness our our wisdom you know our and our relationship to the tipa taboo subject sex death you know right. power right. all that's there so it's going to be found there life outside in the outer world will present situations but then there are moments to start to see am i am i really in my power am i actually handing over my power am i powerless you know right uh, it sounds yeah. like this is a lifelong journey oh yeah and um and and my question is is that how can i remain in this place of self love while all of this broken some ugly parts of me exist still mm. how how can i still be feel so much love for myself when i still have these demons alive in me mm. yeah mm. when they're dismissed and kind of pushed away as being ugly they intensify in their ugliness they become bigger and the more they're seen for what they are as are actually a, a, a way a, a route an opportunity even a gift to our depth our power and our wisdom then they won't be seen as ugly deformed monstrous things they'll be seen for what they are and I feel a being who has done work with their shadow their dark and their underworld tends to be more magnetic tends to be more inviting to speak to tends to be more human you know in the, in the essence of what it means to be human there's a way of oh I can relate to you and beings who do that are more relatable so to start to to see the gift that this world that this this you know 
this shadow realm has to offer. And over time, they become even instruments to your artistry. I mean, I feel one way to, to start to uh, um, expand and evolve as a being is to create from that. So you're creating, you're in a state of creation. And these are, as I said, tools of our artistry. They create a depth to your sound, your music, your dance, your writing. Um, there's a dimension of beauty. And I feel beauty without this is somewhat just a kind of beauty that we see in the magazines or we see on TV, like that kind of, if we really start to look with the eyes of beauty and the eyes of beauty don't see, they don't look at things with criticism and like wow. they see things in all of it, but there's a beauty to it because life is seen in its totality and nature is acknowledged for her beauty, but also her decay, her, you know, all the stuff that also happens in nature, which isn't, you know, beautiful, but there's life to it. The more we can integrate that, the more alive we are and the more we're living life fully. And to bring that into the bedroom, to bring that into your practice, to bring that into your self-care, it's juicy, it's rich, it's fertile, its roots go deep down. And um, yeah. It also sounds like a lot of work and effort. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work you're like this path into self-love I feel like it's okay no I think that brings us to the word surrender too then um yeah no again if it's put on your like to-do list that comes, you know, into the rigidness. It's not, it's, it's like how you dance with it, how you move with it, you know, um, and how you can surrender to. So surrender is not like, okay, I'm surrendering. I'm kind of becoming disconnected, oblivious, and uh, don't want to see it. So I'm surrendering. But I feel surrendering is where the heart somewhat, like a part of ourself, is just offered up to you know, as Bruce Lyon says so beautifully in the, in, in, you know, to offer your heart on the altar of love. So at some point of view, you're at some point, you're like, okay, I can't anymore. And, you know, especially when the effort of it is coming in at that moment to offer the heart up onto the altar of love, to offer yourself up to something else, something, you know, I call it like offer it up to the divine nature and everything, offer it up to nature and come out of me being this big thing, my big, you know, my alter ego, my me to surrendering that and then just allowing that deep kind of inner peace, even a minute of that is enough to be remembered so that the next time it elongates and it's like, you know, it's an offering up of all that you are and think you are to something greater, which is the force of love. It is nature itself to move you. Right. So if someone, you know, one of our viewers is a beginner to this whole world of, you know, self-care, self-love, is there a practical tip you can give on how to begin this journey into themselves? Like I'm sure we have here also many people that are into this world for, the first time and many people here also 
you know, quite advanced, people that have done Easter, people that have been in this world a long time. So maybe mm. you can give us like a couple of practical tips, maybe one for beginners and one something a little bit more advanced, um, how to stay there or how to, you know, just a tool. Mm. I think the most important one for me is and advanced or beginner it's the same is mm. are you breathing are you breathing into your belly like basic are right. you breathing into your belly that means as your breath coming from up here or are you breathing into your womb and your belly and and allowing your belly to become soft when regardless of what happens if i take a moment close my eyes even for a second and breathe into my belly something happens i'm like i'm here you know and when you're here and you're present and you're aware in the body the byproduct of that is you're living in a state of love you're in love because you're here right mm. if you've disconnected for whatever reason often you're not breathing into your belly if you're with your partner and there's tension are you breathing into your belly mm. basic one if you don't know put your hand on your belly and your heart take a moment and gift yourself that moment to breathe into your heart and into your belly i think that's foundation because regardless of what anything else it's like if you're disconnected from that then anything else some kind of just seems like an addition onto that but that for me is the the the, the key the root to being right. in love is that you're you're breathing into your belly you feel your body another one is to you know feel that your you, your body so if you're like um stroking your body sometimes i just stroke myself i stroke my heart I stroke my breasts i just bring right. my hands to run over my body even for a minute right and to breathe with that and then there's a sense of okay i'm here you know i'm here i'm safe yeah. held yeah. If no one's doing it for you do it for yourself it's just as good sometimes even yeah. more important that you're doing it for yourself and why would you think that some people are scared to receive their own love to be yeah like i'm sure it, yeah it sounds so beautiful and ideal but i think mm -hmm. that a lot of people have resistance to loving themselves is yeah. that going back to the worthiness yes and also to that fear of what's underneath all that which is probably a reservoir of grief and rage so it's like ah if i start loving myself i'm gonna have to start to feel myself and once that happens often there's a lot of grief for how one has treated themselves in their life how they treated others how they there isn't so that those tears and you know the intensity of the feeling especially right. if one is disconnected from emotion that can be a lot to to deal with suddenly right you know to have to take the time and the space to feel everything right and mm. right um do you think that this path of self-love could ever be selfish or turn into selfishness or turn into a bypass like oh i am loving myself right now kind of thing yes Totally. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit about that. Well, <laughs> I've gone off track. <laughs> I feel that if it becomes this kind of 
A, when it becomes an obsession, when you're like obsessed with needing to do your three hours or four hours of daily self-love and care and somewhat the rest of the world doesn't matter. And it's just about becomes that. Sometimes it's important to give yourself that if you have been completely only giving to others and, you know, not had any of that time it is important to, to give yourself the, the space to, to go through that, even if you need to take days and weeks, beautiful, if that feels right. But then sometimes the mind becomes, takes it and then becomes obsessed with it. And it's like, I have to keep doing this, otherwise I'm not gonna be in love. So, and then that, so you've kind of lost the whole state of vibrational well being, which is, okay, it's a vibrational state. It's not about what you're doing to get it, you're just being it, right? right. So the practice gets you there. But then it's to also be able to let go of some of that and just allow yourself to be that, become that. The other thing is indulgence. When you've become so indulged in it that you're so in a way that that you're not really sharing anything with others and you don't know how to because you're so, again, indulging in in the self-love. But are you spreading it? Are you bringing that joy that which you've accumulated in yourself are you sharing it with others and often underneath that there's a fear it's that oh if i start to show it then um, i'm really gonna have to show myself but that's good that's another gateway and opportunity when you're ready to step out of that and really start to share your gift with the world which is which is also an important uh, stage but to just be aware of indulgence obsession fear that if you're not doing it everything's gonna go wrong i know i had that when i started doing my practice like started years ago and then if i stop meditating if i don't do my two hours of practice and everything in my life is gonna go to chaos and then anytime something did get you know a bit out of like with something i didn't want i you know i didn't do my practice so ah that's good the other thing is becoming hard on yourself Mm. for Doing your self-love practice. That's so funny, isn't it? Paradox. Being hard on yourself because you're not doing your self-love practice. Then you know, like, okay, actually, I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Something's uh, going on. Something's going on here. Like, yeah, can I... And, and, you know, I mean, personally, for me, and this is quite exposing for me to share because my practice has more become when it... When it bubbles out of me when it's like it's like that it bubbles out of my body it's like then I'm suddenly writing a poem I find art for me is the it's extremely self-loving and self-caring the more I create the happier I am the more in love I feel um and it doesn't mean you have to be an artist you know like an amazing artist which is it's just splashing some color on a paper is art you know it's like but there's so much more to that it's like you're expressing yourself so um but yeah or or moving my body when I when I feel like it when I you know when I dance when I do my practice my yoga I've come out of and I don't I this may not be right for everyone for me personally it's like when I've been on a strict rigid thing it's helped me at times but I've also become hard with myself and so I'm I'm experimenting how can I be in a more softer state and gentler space and then so I dance when my body wants to dance I move when my body wants to move I do yoga I take different ways of doing yoga I stop just doing one way I sometimes just move like, you know, my whole fours on the, just to feel what, what feels alive right now. Right. Cooking, 
beautiful, you know, um, whatever it feels that these are all practices of, of self-love and nourishment. And I think taking time to be still, to be in silence. Yeah. I've valued that as the jewel of everything is all the quest, going offline, even for an hour. And I value so much silence and stillness. And um, yeah. I think so much is born from that like burst from the stillness and the silence. So if you need that, by all means, do that. Take the opportunity to switch off and be in silence. Someone in your house is left for a while, then come into stillness and, and yeah, and do your work from a state of creativity. Whatever it is, be creative. Yeah, I think creativity is, is like the heart of love. Like when you're in love, you're creative, you know? Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, And it it sexually resonates with my life personally, exactly right now. So thank you for that. Thank Mm. you for that. And thank you for this. Thank you for your time. I would Mm. love um, before we end, if you could just share with our viewers a little bit about any offerings you have coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I'd love to. I can't believe we've already almost gone an hour. I was like, let's open the subject now about sexuality and bringing it into... <laughs> Maybe that's another time. Yes, so with time and I'm really excited. I, I would love to do the Egyptian side of Tantra and sexuality. Mm. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. So you said that. It's a great introduction yeah. to the next part. So I... Mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, yeah, I work, uh, I'm quite immersed in, um, in the Egyptian temple art. So I'm, you can find my website, uh, www.egyptian-templearts.com. And I, I'm, yeah, I've been, from, because I'm half Egyptian, I, I, and I kind of grew up around a lot of the mythology and this, yeah, vibrational quality of of Kemet or of ancient Egypt. And there's many beautiful shamanic tools and journeys and gateways, especially the tantric um, sacred sexuality. So I'm a facilitator with ISTA. You can find me in ISTA trainings. And um, there's a festival coming up now. So we're often you'll find us online, as Natalie knows. She's also very deep in the ISTA community. And um, if you are interested, I also offer a six-week shamanic journey through the gateways of the Egyptian Mystery School, where we work with sacred sexuality, but also a lot of the soul aspects and elements of being, uh, being a soul in a human body and working with the anatomy of our nature and spirit. And the next one starts on the 28th of February. Uh, so if you're interested in that, contact me. Uh, I'm offering a trip to Egypt in April for 10 days on the Nile boat. And otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm quite uh, alive and involved in the Tantra scene. So Tantra festivals and also offering my own workshops and things online. Um, yeah, I'm offering an introduction to Egyptian, um, um, to the Kemetic Mystery School and introducing um, Egyptian Tantra on the 28th for two hours. So it's an online thing. So yeah, there's many, many offerings. Oh, wow. <laughs> but but you are very now. much I am 
it's flowing and uh but especially with the part around uh, the egyptians if you're interested in what egypt means and ancient spirituality but especially the juicier part of egyptian tantra or egyptian mysticism that i feel is very disconnected uh from what's out there sometimes they miss the part of the juiciness that was living in ancient egypt you know beautiful temples resurrected to to our fertility to our sexuality beautiful practices and um yeah so that's something that i love to share and offer so if you're interested contact me. i will add the links to this um live Amazing. Mm, thank you yeah thank you very much we've come exactly one hour perfect thank Yay. you so much for your time thank you thank, thank you. you i had fun and thank you thank all who you. are thank you have a great day goodbye everybody thank you for being here mm. bye ciao